There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports. Rather, it's positive or negative. Minnesota Sports Chat has you covered. Talking nothing but Minnesota sports all year long. It's time now for the soon-to-be award-winning, if only in his own mind, Minnesota Sports Chat with your host, Ross Brendel. Well, here we go. Edition number 161 of, yes, the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat. Yeah, award-winning, if only in my own mind. Although one day, I hope to have some hardware, like the Gopher Hockey team hopes to have, in just a few days. More on that in just moments. Thanks to Manny Hill for that brand-new open. Of course, Manny Hill, contributor to this pod, longtime friend of mine as well. Jess Myers from the the Rink Live. I almost said the link. How about Jess Myers from the Rink Live in moments with the Frozen Four preview? Gophers in Boston University, Michigan and Quinnipiac this Thursday from Tampa Bay. But first, a big thank you for continuing to help me grow Minnesota Sports Chat by listening to and also telling your family and friends. Please make sure you rate and review kindly and download each episode. And thanks to Tara Blue 92 for leaving a recent review on Apple. Very much appreciated. And if you're listening in that Score North Taxi Squad feed, I encourage you to subscribe to Minnesota Sports Chat wherever it is that you get your podcasts. The Golden Gopher hockey team, they are off to the Frozen Four. Over to Ingram, and a shot is blocked in front by Jackson Lacoma, a backhand wide from Jack Rogers, and sent down the ice, tied the empty net, score! Thanks to ESPNU for that highlight and a man who saw that highlight live and in person from the Fargo Regional, Mr. Jess Myers from the aforementioned TheRinkLive.com, and he joins Minnesota Sports Chat right now. Jess, good to run into you at the Let's Play Hockey Expo and see you face-to-face for the first time in a little while, and fun to continue to see your work covering all of college hockey at the rink live. Thanks for making time. Kind words, Ross. Always always fun to talk hockey. I'm, uh, I'm glad to make the time. Well, and I'm going to force you to talk some hockey. We'll spend most of it on the Frozen Four and probably the Gophers because that's near and dear to my heart. But I do want to ask you a couple of quick questions on the Minnesota Wild on the way out the door. Uh, my, my first question for you, Jess, uh, are you going to be able to expense a $700 a night hotel room at the rink live? Well, you know, it's funny. They do have a media rate at one of the nice hotels there in downtown Tampa, which is a little cheaper. But I've told people, if you're going to Tampa, yeah, bring 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 a credit card that still has a little uh, little runway on it. Let's say it's uh, it's an expensive, uh, a more expensive place maybe than you're used to. Now, with that said, we were in Boston last year. You know, we've been in some other cities where prices are relatively high and you know we're all dealing with inflation everywhere so it shouldn't be that much of a shock to people the other thing i will say about tampa if you've never been there for a frozen four get there because it's worth it whatever it costs well and especially with the uh, winter we've had here in the upper midwest in the elongated spring 
Looks like relief is on the way this weekend, but you can never really argue with being in the sunshine of Florida. Uh, Jess, let's kind of take this game by game, if you don't mind. The first game on Thursday is the Gophers and BU. Uh, Can you give me some general expectations of the type of hockey game we might see? Or if you're Bob Motzko, the type of hockey game he would like his team to play against Boston? You know, it's interesting. You look at the teams on paper, and uh, Boston University has probably the best young defenseman in all of college hockey. They have a freshman named Lane Hudson, who's from suburban Chicago, but under first-year uh, BU coach Jay Pandolfo, he has done some great stuff. He was not one of the Hobie uh, three finalists for the Hobie Baker Award, which has got some people outraged, but uh, a, a great player. So a lot of what the Terriers do starts around him. Now, with that said, Gophers are far and away, I think, the most talented team in this tournament. But as we noticed in Fargo just a couple weeks ago in that regional, against a team like Quinnipiac, the key to the Gophers winning was not making cute, pretty, behind-the-back stick plays, some of those things that we know they can do. The key to winning at this type of year, time of year is to play very simple, very deliberate, sometimes ugly hockey, and that seems to work. So I think the Gophers are going to try to play that kind of game, and I think that will work for them. Jess, do you think the way they struggled with Canisius in the first 20, 25 minutes, uh, if the Gophers, looking back at the time in my head, I was thinking as long as they survive this, I think this could be a really good thing because it might force them to do more of what you just talked about. I thought the Canisius game... It To me, it wasn't necessarily right for the Gophers to lose, but it did have some of the conditions that we're used to as Gopher hockey fans. Young team with inexperience in the tournament playing an older team with lots of experience. Older team hangs around, gains confidence. Younger team starts to get a little bit nervous. We were starting to see all that. Then I think the five-minute major and the talent took over for the Gophers against Canisius. But a long story short... I think there's good learning, and I don't necessarily love saying it, but there had to be some good teachable moments from that game that directly translated into the win just two nights later against St. Cloud State. And hopefully, if you're a Gopher fan like myself and a good chunk of people listening, you'd like to think that will play well into the Frozen Four. You know, I wrote this, Ross, and I'll take it back even one week earlier than that. They played Michigan for the Big Ten Tournament Championship game, 3M at Mariucci, uh, 3M Marina at Mariucci, the last game on the big ice sheet there, huge crowd, you know, students standing in line hours in advance, exactly what the University of Minnesota had in mind five years ago when they brought Bob Motzko on board. They saw it that night. Now, if you'll recall, it's a 2-2 game in the third period. The Gophers get the lead on just an eye-popping, beautiful play by Rhett Pitlick to take the puck literally coast-to-coast, deke a a Michigan defenseman down, and then score a goal. It it was one of those plays that you'll see on ESPN Sports Center, you know, wherever. Just an absolute highlight reel, you know, give this kid an award kind of play. And then they lost the game. Now, how did they lose the game? They lost because Michigan made two gritty plays where you get the puck to the net by any means possible and you keep hacking away at the puck until you see the red light come on. They found a way, Michigan, for all of its skill, found a way to play that gritty, ugly playoff hockey that you need to play to win. And a couple, you know, an hour later, Michigan was skating off with a trophy. I think that was as big a lesson for these Gophers as anything is, you know, 
put the fancy stuff away, play whatever hockey you need to play, and sometimes that's just attack the blue paint with all of your might, and you're and it's going to work for you. So I think Gopher fans are pretty well keen to Michigan hockey at this point in time, having played so many times this year, also recently in the Big Ten tournament. What can you tell folks, and this includes me, about Quinnipiac? Obviously, I know this is not their first rodeo. They've made a deep run before, but I don't know a lot about this team. If I had to guess, Jess, humor me, if I had to guess... I'm going to guess this team is a little bit older with a lot of senior and junior talent. That's a guess, though. I could be wrong. A little bit older and a very, very good, very strong defensive team. Their goalie, Yanov Peretz, was one of three finalists for the Mike Richter Award, which is basically the Heisman for goalies. And some people believe he's going to win it. We'll find out on Friday. Um, and that's their game. It's lock it down. It's play defense. Uh, Ohio State, for example, I think scored eight goals in their op- regional opener. Two nights later, they played Ohio. Uh, they played Quinnipiac. They got one goal. So they know how to shut down offensive teams, and that will be very interesting to see versus a team like Michigan. It's one of those kind of brilliant matchups where Michigan plays just a, a, like an advanced kind of pond hockey. Throw the puck up ice. You know, don't play a lot of defense necessarily. Although they do have one just stellar defenseman in Luke Hughes who can control things from the back end. Uh, Michigan's coach, their first-year coach, Brandon Arado, joked after they had to go to overtime to beat Penn State in the regional final. He said, you know, Michigan can play some defense, uh, as if to uh, prove doubters wrong. But their game is predicated on puck moving, high scoring, all of that kind of stuff. And uh, it will be fun to see what Quinnipiac can do to counter that. So, Jess, you said something a few minutes back that uh, is fairly along the lines of what I've said, but I want you to um, maybe correct the record, correct your position, or expand on it. I have said a few times on this podcast, I think the Gophers might be the most talented team in the country, but I think the best team might be Michigan. And I have viewed from the get-go that Michigan and Minnesota – might be on a collision path to meet again in the national championship game. Well, we went from 16 to eight, eight down to four, and that is still in play. Is that an opinion that you share or is that a common opinion or belief amongst other people, not just me? The common belief is that Minnesota and Michigan are the two best teams remaining. And when you look at top to bottom, what the Big Ten was like this year, it would just seem to make sense that two Big Ten teams would meet for the national championship. You know, you looked at that first round of the NCAA playoffs, and the scores were, frankly, embarrassing. Gopher scored nine goals. Uh, Ohio State scored eight. Penn State scored eight. Michigan scored 11 in the first round. <laughs> I, I said, you know, it reminded me a little bit of those first-round Class A girls' state tournament games where you get, you know, a Hermantown versus a Mankato East or something like that. And, you know, no offense to the girls from Mankato East, but it's lopsided. Uh, and that's what we saw. The Big Ten really flexing its muscle. You know, we've we've talked about this for a decade now. Of when is Big, Big Ten hockey going to kind of make its coming-out party? And I think you're seeing it now. Now, granted, we still haven't seen a Big Ten team win a national championship. The last time a team that's even in the Big Ten that happened – 2007, Michigan State won the title, and uh, it's been a long time. So somebody's still got to win two games in Tampa to get that monkey off the back, but I really think this seems like the year that that could happen. Jess, when I think of gopher hockey this year, there's there's plenty of names, but I I think 
I think of Snuggerud, I think of Nice, I think of Cooley, I think of Close. Other players that I maybe didn't name right there who have been just as intricate to the Gophers' success this season. The guy I wrote about uh, in Fargo and who really put on a show being named MVP of that regional, Bryce Brodzinski. Now, he's not a, a, an unknown name, obviously. If you've followed hockey in Minnesota over the past six, ten years or so, Number one, his brothers, you know, three brothers played college hockey, so well-known that way. Number two, he was the Mr. Hockey winner, so it's not like he was an unknown commodity going into college hockey. Uh, Let's be frank, he's been streaky with the Gophers. But, as Bob Moskow likes to say, when Bryce Brodzinski starts scoring, he doesn't stop. And Bryce Brodzinski has started scoring, and that's got to be a very good sign going into, you know, a, a Frozen Four and a chance to win two games and win a national championship. And how could I forget Brock Faber as well? Shame on me. Uh, Jess, I I think the the Gophers had some minor injuries and players that were nicked up, but I got to believe the almost two weeks off heading into the Frozen Four means pretty much any player for all four teams that can play will play. There's one question mark for the Gophers, and we won't know that, frankly, I don't think, until the teams come out on the ice Thursday night. Uh, for the BU game, or Thursday afternoon, I guess it is. Uh, Connor Kurth was hurt against Canisius. Now, here's what's crazy. He got hurt, then he scored a goal, then he had to leave the game. So uh, it was one of those deals. It's a lower body injury, and it sounds to me, you know, and they don't give you specifics, but it sounds to me like one of those things where you're okay as long as you have your skate on, and then you take your skate off and things swell up and, and things get bad. He did not play against St. Cloud State. We asked Bob Motzko about him last week. He said... He's doing okay. He chose his words very carefully, and he said there's a chance that that Connor Kurtz would be available to play against Boston University. That's the one kind of injury-related question mark. Um, This has been a team that's been incredibly healthy this year. And let's face it, when you win the Big Ten by 19 points like they do, you've got to have some good fortune as far as injuries. It wasn't until February that you saw key players like Brock Faber, Jackson Lacombe miss some time. They've both made their return now. They seem to be in good health that way. So generally speaking, this is a very healthy Gopher team going into Tampa. This time of year, Jess, in the NHL and in college hockey, you often only go as far as your goaltender goes. The Gophers are lucky to have a really good one in the closer, Justin Close. Uh, Of the four goalies in the Frozen Four, which team has the best goalie or maybe who's playing the best at the moment in your estimation? I think it would be hard to argue against Yannick Peretz at Quinnipiac. I mentioned him earlier, just a very strong top-to-bottom goalie in a system that kind of favors him. Now, you mentioned Justin Close, and this is what's crazy about this Gopher team. It's easy to forget just how unbelievably strong Justin Close has been because, and I've said this to people flat out, he doesn't do a lot of things that are very interesting. He is such a positionally sound goalie that... Pucks tend to hit him right in the middle of that big M on his chest. You know, you don't see the sliding across the crease, sprawling glove save, that kind of stuff, which I've had a goalie coach tell me before, when you do that, it just means you were out of position for the shot. Uh, Justin Close just is, is a very quiet, very unassuming guy. You know, Bob Motzko says he's, uh, he's like 23, but he acts like he's about 53. He's just a, a very mature kid. And... You look at how quietly he went about his business in that regional final against St. Cloud State, especially in that third period where it was 2-1 to one Gophers and you know a, a goal by St. Cloud obviously could have 
changed the tenor of things pretty quickly. He just went about his business. You know, he kept things in front of him. He did make a couple kind of big glove saves. Uh, he's a smaller goalie, so teams have a tendency to try to get him moving side to side. But if the Gophers can avoid that, I think they're in very good shape. Jess, you had a great tweet, I think, over maybe at late last week at some point. You, you can correct me. But talking about that Bob Motzko obviously has been a success at the University of Minnesota. And I think your your tweet talked something along the lines of fair to say that it's worked out. And, and, I, and I replied to that and said, yeah, I, the answer is yes. But I still think there's a small little bit of no because I think the expectation is he has to win a national championship at some point. Sure. Does he feel that pressure or is that kind of a even a stupid question to ask because obviously he knows he's at the University of Minnesota and like it or not, even though it's been 20 years, we like to think we're the Alabama of college hockey. So, I mean, he he knows the pressure, right? Let me correct you just a little bit. You said okay. there's pressure to win a, a national championship at the University of Minnesota at some point. I would correct that and just say, let's be honest about most Gopher fans. There's pressure to win a national championship at every yes, point. Yes, correct, you know, every there, year. There were folks complaining after year one that he didn't do enough uh, to get him a national title. That is clearly the expectation of a good chunk of this fan base, whether that's realistic or not. You know, Alabama is an apt comparison, or or Duke in basketball, or North Carolina in basketball. You know, one of those where the expectation is you're in the NCAA tournament every year, you're in the Frozen Four contending for the national title every year. We've gotten to that point. But to the root of your question about whether there is pressure, I think absolutely. And on more than one occasion, Bob Motzko has talked specifically about the defensive core on this team. Guys like Jackson Lacombe, Brock Faber, Ryan Johnson, a very good freshman in Luke Middlestead, and Bob Motzko has said, I've never seen a defensive group like this. And then here's what's really interesting. He said, I don't know that we will ever see this again. He knows that this is a unique, one-of-a-kind, maybe last-of-its-kind collection of talent that he's got. So, yes, I think he feels that internal pressure to cap off what has been a very good college hockey career. And I'm not saying he's retiring, but you know, if you look at a guy who's 62 years old, this would be a way to say, this is the capper of my career. Now I've reached the top of the mountain. Uh, who's going to take over at Mankato? That's a really good question. And, you know, the interesting news is that Todd Cannot was essentially offered the job after being a longtime assistant, and he decided, no, he's probably going to follow Mike Hastings to Wisconsin instead. And I'm not, I'm not bothered by that because, let's face it, some people are assistant coaches and some people are head coaches. There are head coaches that couldn't thrive in an assistant role and vice versa. And I think what you're seeing is Todd Cannot knows his role. He knows he's found success by the side of, of Mike Hastings. He knows there's probably a little bit more money for waiting for him in Madison if he chooses that route. So I'm okay with that. Now, there are a lot of good young coaches out there who have cut their teeth in places like the USHL. I, I could see the Mavericks making a move that way. You know, of, as far as known commodities, as far as well-known names, you have Grant Petone at Northern Michigan. Um, hasn't had the instant success that some people predicted, but he's a Minnesota guy. He coached with the Gophers. He obviously played with the Gophers. He knows this area well. 
I don't think it's that far-fetched if, uh, if MSU Mankato made him the right offer that he would return to this state and, uh, and take over that program. So Mike Hastings had success at Mankato. He parlays that into a nice job at Wisconsin. Another company, another group of people that have had great success, my friends at Beans Coffee Company. You can have success when you order some of their coffee and have a wonderful cup of it. It's officially spring, which means the Beans Coffee Company pop-up shop, it's taking over and it's now taking reservations. Offering hot or cold espresso drinks, drip coffee, and so much more. It's a great treat for office employees, special events, fundraisers. You need to book that shop right now. Spots are already filling up. Visit coffeebybeans.com for more information. Don't wait. Don't delay. Do that now. And for those making your online orders, yeah, that promo code SPORTSCHAT it's still good to save you some cash when you check out and get that Mikado or Perfectus blend. Those are my favorites, but you can pick your own favorite at coffeebybeans.com. Again, use the promo code SPORTSCHAT. When you order over $35 or more, guess what? Free shipping. We all love that. Coffeebybeans.com. Okay, Jess, we'll go back to the Frozen Four. I always say I don't like doing this, but obviously I do because I always ask people, Do you have a, uh, is your gut telling you one way or another who's going to take home the championship this weekend? Well, I filled out a bracket like a lot of people do. And okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to brag, but I've gotten one game wrong so far. Wow, my good bracket, for you. I, I, I got all four of my Frozen Four correct. My bracket says Minnesota plays Michigan for the title and the Gophers prevail. So I have no reason not to, uh, to stick with my gut at this point. I just think uh, when it comes down to talent, those are the two most talented teams. And I think the Gophers find a way to, to win a, a one-gamer for, for what would be their sixth national title, which would tie them with Wisconsin, by the way. And, and don't think that that's not on Bob Motzko's no. mind. Uh, at this point right now with his friend Mike Hastings taking over his uh, his top rival. Do I dare ask you how your basketball brackets did? Oh, my goodness. I, I The only way I ever do a basketball bracket, Ross, is I just pick the hockey school. So there's a good <laughs> chance UConn, UConn could still win it in their hockey school. It, so I, uh, I'm I, sticking with it. I don't know how much of a fun fact this is. By the way, I saw a UConn hockey jersey in the wild when I was down in Des Moines last weekend. Yes. Th- those things are beauties. That's a great... That is a great hockey sweater. Um, I can't even remember where I was going with this. See, this is and, you and got, they just opened up a uh, a new rink in Stores, Connecticut, too. So yeah, you're you're, you're burgeoning hockey power. The UConn Huskies just just watch out for them. They're you got the you got me distracted with UConn hockey talk, and now I forgot my point, but it's coming back to me. <laughs> Jess, off the top of my head, I, I don't know how many times this has happened. All four teams in the Frozen Four this year also have D1 basketball programs. Look at that. That do, that doesn't always happen. No, so that does not. That should lend some credibility to what people like to call a regional sport in hockey. It's a national, international game is what it is. Uh, your Minnesota Wild, Jess, how you feeling? All they do for the most part, aside from playing Vegas, is claim points. You feeling pretty good about them? You know, I had lunch today with a good friend of mine who works for the Golden Knights who's in town for the, the, the kind of the rematch of their of their home-and-home home series here. And uh, it just seems like weird stuff happens when the Wild go to Vegas. Um, so I wouldn't read too much into that. Now, here's what's interesting to me. The big news that come out on Monday, not the Wild game necessarily, but the fact that Kirill Kaprizov skated. Now, 
I look at what this team has done without him, with guys stepping up. You know, it's the classic case of, hey, we need a new leader. Who's going to step up? And everybody kind of steps up and does their part. I'm, I'm most impressed with a guy like Fre- Freddie Goudreau, you know, kind of taking the reins and, and not necessarily saying Kirby Puckett style, hey, get on my back, I'm going to carry you. But, hey, you need some goals, you need some offense, you need some grit. I'm your guy. I'll, I'll provide that. So that's fun to see. I like to think that if the timing is right and if we could see Kaprizov back on the ice, say in two weeks about the time that the playoffs are starting, he's going to be well-rested. Hopefully he's going to be healthy. I really have some optimism. Now, I know as a Minnesota sports fan, that's a scary thing <laughs> to put optimism out there. But this is a team seems to be built like it could finally you know, do some stuff. I hate the fact that Boston is sitting out there in the Eastern Conference and seems to be this insurmountable obstacle. But, uh, you know, this is the NHL. We're going to see Boston go out like in four straight in the first round. It seems like that <laughs> kind of seems to be the way things happen. Right? Yeah, it's it's happened before and it happened semi recently to a uh, president's trophy winner. And I'm escaping on who that was. That was that was Tampa Bay. Was Tampa? Uh, three, three years, three, four years ago, they, they lost in four straight in round one to the Columbus Blue Jackets of all people. You know what, though? At least Tampa Bay avenged that by winning it, winning a couple of Stanley Cups. Okay, uh, so final point on the Minnesota Wild, then I'll, then I'll let you run. I know you got you got to get packing. You got to get all your sun gear ready for a weekend in Tampa Bay. Uh, Jess, am I not enjoying the Minnesota Wild enough? And I ask it, and I'll frame it this way. For the Twins, for me, this season, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to enjoy it. But at the end of the year, if you don't win at least a playoff game, it basically it's win a playoff game and get back to me. For the Minnesota Wild, this year for me has all been about, I don't care if you get 88 points and you're the last team in the playoffs or you get 128 points and you're the best team in the NHL. If you don't get out of the first round of the, uh, the playoffs, I don't care. So... They're going on this epic run the last six weeks, two months, and I'm still really not buying in and enjoying it because I've kind of seen this before, maybe not to this level, but I got to see him get out of the first round of the playoffs or it means nothing. We saw it last year, you know, greatest season in wild history, and they made it six games in the playoffs and they were out. So, Ross, I want to tell you to be hopeful. I want to tell you to be excited. I also want to be completely honest with you and say, I'm a lifelong Minnesota Vikings fan. <laughs> One of my good friends is a lifelong Chicago Cubs fan. Another of my good friends is a lifelong Boston Red Sox fan. 20 years ago, we used to have a debate about who's had it worse. And I'm proud to say 20 years later, I won, using finger quotes, that <laughs> argument. So maybe this is just who we are as Minnesota sports fans. We just learned to enjoy the ride in the regular season. We know it's probably not going to end well, but that doesn't mean we can't have fun along the way. No, I, I love that you're optimistic. I, I love that you've said second round or bust. I set my sights higher than that because why not at yeah. this point? We, we've had a fun regular season. We had 13 Vikings wins in the regular season. Uh, you, you knew it wasn't going to end in the Super Bowl, but in just enjoy the ride. You know, Christmas Eve, I got to stand next to my sister and watch an unbelievably improbable field goal go through the uprights and literally the last second. And, and we went home happy and we had a nice Christmas. Uh, the fact that it ended a couple weeks later doesn't dampen the fact that, hey, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you're right. And admittedly, I got to I gotta do a better job enjoying the ride. Well, Jess, I enjoyed this ride. Thank you so much. And, and honestly, I, I wish you uh, just the best of times in Tampa. What 
What number Frozen 4 is this for you? You you pushing 20 at this point? No, no. This is an anniversary. This is my 30th Frozen 4. Oh, Rocky. my goodness. Good and, for and, you. And I checked the calendar to find out what that means, and here's what it means. I'm old. I never used to be old. <laughs> I'm old now. Yeah, you know what, though? You wear it well, as Rod Stewart once sang. No, I appreciate it. You do good work. Jess, how do people find more information about you and The Rink Live? TheRinkLive.com, and you can find me on Twitter at at Jess R. Myers. Jess, you are the best. I appreciate it. Thank you, my man. Always fun to talk hockey. Take care, Ross. That is Jess Myers from The Rink Live, TheRinkLive.com. Certainly appreciative of his tutelage in making time for Minnesota Sports Chat. Edition number 161, available wherever you get your podcast. Again, my thanks to Jess. My thanks to you for joining me each and every week, sometimes twice a week, sometimes more. I greatly appreciate it. Please rate and review kindly. I'm Ross Brendel. We'll talk again real soon.